Hi, I'm Ryan, and you're watching Marlboro Minute here on WMCT-TV. The Labor Day Parade is a big event in Marlboro, and it takes a lot of people to keep it organized, keep it on track, and we are so lucky that for many, many years, Algonquin Amateur Radio Club has been a vital, important part of this parade, and I'm so excited to have in the studio today Anne Weldon and Eric Williams. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So... Before we get into the parade, tell me a little bit about what an amateur radio club does. Are we talking about radio that you listen to on um, on AM FM stations, or what? What are we talking about here? Amateur radio is a FCC licensed organization, and we you have to pass a written test. It used to involve Morse code for all levels, which it doesn't at this point. In Marlboro, the Algonquin Club has been here since 1976. Um, they met in various locations. They met at Mitchell School, which is now the Boys Club. We met here at 91 Main Street, down in the off of the apparatus floor. We met at the fire station on Maple Street. And at this point, we meet at the Whitcomb School in the library, if you go in door one, on the second Thursday of every month, except July and August. Now, uh, Eric, you're involved in the in radio in a very different way. You're helping the emergency management of Marlboro. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so amateur radio operators are all volunteers. And in the hierarchy of communications, say in the United States, uh, for emergency communications, obviously there's the standard police and fire. Uh, there's a regular broadcast radio like your stations and all giving out information. What happens though is you always have to be prepared when some of that starts to fail or you have a major disaster. And amateur radio operators throughout the world are a vital part of that backbone of communications. Uh, because it's all volunteers, they all have their own radios, they have them in their own homes and their cars and all. So when the cell towers all go down or the main communications dispatch gets, um, you know, loses power, then amateur radio operators are then called in and provide that emergency communications. So for Marlboro, with our emergency management, uh, we use the ham operators in the town and the, and the environment, you know, the surrounding towns, and the Algonquin Club is our main uh, contact for that. So. Pardon my ignorance, this is all no, pretty new to good. me. So do these radios bounce off of cell towers or bounce mm -hmm. or are they communicating directly with each other? They bounce off of antennas mm -hmm. or repeaters. Um, we each have our own antenna, like our walkie-talkies have their individual antenna that sends the signal to another repeater or to another station at that point. Interesting. And I might add, so that's then becomes the local communications where it goes through the repeaters and all but the amateur radio spectrum the frequencies we have cover the whole spectrum and many of the frequencies can travel worldwide so when there's a major disaster let's say there's an earthquake in chile hammer operators will be there in chile working with the red cross or the equivalent agencies there and maybe passing information from chile say to something in the united states and then communicated to the served agency in the United States. So it's worldwide or it's local. Now you said you have to receive some sort of qualification or certification to operate these radios. So it's not the standard best buy radio that you can get for the walkie talkies for your kids. These are more high powered professional devices. These are 
formal tests that the FCC requires us to take and you study for them either by yourself or you take a class or you have family that help you. What, what's on the test? What, what's it? It's questions been a- about frequency, test questions about the equipment, test questions about um, equipment that you use, diodes, transistors, the antenna wavelengths. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah how circuits work. You, know, you have to know how a transmitter works. You know the the different components and and um, like resonant frequency of an antenna and all that. So right over my head. But but there's three levels of licenses. Mm-hmm. So you can start at the first license, which is called technician, and move your way up. And with each license, you get more privileges. Now, is there a social aspect to this as well? Are you listening oh, yes. in and having interesting conversations? How did you get started in the first place? Well, I got started because my parents were in ham radio. And my, my children got interested in ham radio and then convinced mom, me to do it mm-hmm. and my husband. And there is a social atmosphere of it at certain times, like there's a venture out at the Best Western the end of August. There's different groups on different frequencies that are friendly um we meet people all over the world some places like i go to maine a lot of the time and meet people up there that i know and i've talked with and that kind of thing and and when i was on the the facebook page i saw that you all have a weekly night net is that the right term for it what's a net mean it means that the Algonquin Club, well, we don't do it in the summer. We do it uh, September through June. Mm-hmm. Um, they meet Sunday nights on the repeater here in Marlboro to chat about what's going on, other activities happening, do we have anything that we need to volunteer for. Um, it's, it's a social time, but it also is a time if someone has a problem with their radio, they can ask, and some of the guys will step up to help whoever needs the help. Because there are more knowledgeable people that have worked within the electronic field than some of us that got our licenses. And <laughs> we survive, but we always have to ask for help at certain times. Can you share any, any of the lingo with me? What You, you know, you hear, it's we, break, is it breaker, breaker, no, and none of that stuff? Usually no, use no. our own our own calls, because we all have our own call signs okay. that are assigned by the Federal Communications Commission. And we just talk normal talk. Yeah. No, I mean, no over and out, no... No, not usually. No, there's sets of abbreviations because originally in the first... I mean, ham radio's been around since... Um, it's a little bit over 100 years yes. now. And in the early days, it was only Morse code. It still is Morse codes used a lot. So there's a lot of abbreviations that were used in sending Morse code. It's sort of come back because now when people are texting and they have all these things, I don't know what, you know, like LOL or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But for ham radio, there were a, a bunch of abbreviations used in Morse code. Um, because, for instance, in Morse code, if you wanted to say a laugh, you send HI, which is did it did it. So it's just it's just a simple you know, there's, there's some of those conventions. Mm-hmm. And then and your then, ear becomes attuned to, to yeah, it. So you just hear it. Beyond yeah. deciphering individual letters one at a time. If right. you hear it, oh, that's a little laugh right yeah. there. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So if you're just sending something, you just want to make sure the person understood you were just joking. You're just joking. You just send da 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 So let's get down to parade business. This is serious stuff here. And I, I know the club has been assisting along the parade route for... We were saying 30, 30 years? years. Wow. And and what is their part in the parade? 
the parade route is long. It is. Lots of people. There's only so many police that can be spread out through that. And from an emergency management perspective, we look at this as like a training drill as well because it pr practices this kind of exercise. Yeah, let's get organized. And it's and a, hopefully a low-stress situation instead of an emergency. But it's done formally. I'll be I'm located up at the parade start, and then I'll have a radio in my car talking to all the people spread out throughout the route, and there's about uh, 15 of us, 15, of 15 spread out throughout the route. And then I'm coordinating that, just checking in with everybody, mm. and then also have communications direct with the police. So that becomes just extra eyes and ears. So you're the direct police liaison, so if someone right. sees something, they'll relay that to you. Correct. And then I relate it. Relay I got it, you. Yeah. Yeah. And then people are watching. So they're watching for, th well, one thing that we watch is for the parade operations. So we track the timing as it goes through. Okay, mm -hmm. so that just gives you something uh, for everyone to make sure that they're paying attention and watching and all. <laughs> right. But the other thing is everybody has eyes and ears along the route. So if they see something happening, um, usually there's a police officer close enough, they can just let the police officer know. But if there isn't, then they can call in and then I can and relay that. So you know, maybe an ambulance call or something like that. If something serious happens, we switch mode and then we become in the emergency management mode. Mm. And now people will get, get, I'll direct, they'll get reassigned of what they do. And that might be routing, opening up an area of the parade route and coordinating that to let you know ambulances come in or something. You know, let's say there's a car accident or something. I mean, yeah. you know, that wow. kind of thing. Or if somebody falls off one of the bicycles that's in the parade, or they get hurt at that point, then we go to Eric, and then the dispatch either sends the ambulance or the cruises, whatever happens to be. So that's that a pretty time. specific example. So I'm guessing things do happen every year. Sure, sure. Has there anything ever been anything too serious? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think people have been sick along the parade route. Sure. We've had to call in and. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But other than that, it's been very low-key. It's it, primarily the police are there. I right. mean, they're, they're doing we, most we of it. We just but, call in if we see it, and they're not right there to do it. Because yeah. there's, there's the police are so spread out. And if you look at the map that we gave you, it shows you where police and everything are located. And that gives us an idea of where we can find help at the time we need it. Because I'm usually a block and a half from where a police officer is. It's, su it's such an are. exciting and important event for Marlboro. This is the big day when everyone Absolutely. turns out. And it must feel, it gives you a sense of pride to not only get to enjoy the parade as a spectator, which I'm sure you get to do, enjoy all the marching bands oh, yeah. and politicians strutting their stuff, but to, in a way, be really an important part of the parade, knowing that you're there with the police and, and, and if something should go down, you have that communication and that, yep. that passion for communicating that you can really yep. pull in. That's absolutely true. And there's many other events. If you look at the Boston Marathon, there's ham radio operators all through that. So on the buses that are moving people, there's an operator there, so there's communications. At all of the first aid stations, there's ham radio operators there. And each of those would be a separate, well, you know, the net, mm -hmm. a separate net coordinating that. Yeah. Because something 20, over 26 miles, it takes lots of people. It does. So. 
Well, thank you for all that you do. This is really exciting, and we're going to go to a safety meeting in just a bit to, to really make sure we know what the plan is going forward. But for those who are watching, and maybe this is their first time hearing about amateur radio, any tips, any ways that you'd say this is how you can get involved? Go on to n1em.org on the website, and there's email links to the, the offices if they would be interested. Um, and we do meet the second to second, excuse me, second Thursday of every month starting in September at the Wickham School, use door number one. <laughs> and we're there, hopefully, depending on what COVID says at that point, whether the school's allowed to have meetings in it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. That brings us to the end of another episode of Marlboro Minute. Yeah, it was more than a minute, but I hope you got a really awesome taste of some of the wonderful things people are doing in your city. Take care.